Josh Lidgard uh, from Kickoff Labs. Uh, with me today is uh, Brandon Stokes. Um, and he his project is a premium rewards card that uses income instead of credit score. Uh, I'll let Brandon get more into that. But before we talk about this product, Brandon, I want to know a little bit about you. So could you give me uh, some insights into your background? Are you uh, a techie? Are you a marketing guy? Like, Where did you come from before you started this business? I originally, after college, I, grad, I went to into investment banking. So I was banking, wealth management side, uh, transitioned out of that career into uh, more corporate strategy roles. And then about four years ago, I had a classmate who was a techie. Um, we ended up starting a company uh, a couple of years ago together, um, got into Y Combinator, did that whole spill, and then kind of uh, that company kind of ramped down during the pandemic. So uh, I started working on this about the beginning of this year, 2021. So uh, you were in Y Combinator? Yes. And so one of my questions is always like, if you've had any failures leading up to this point, is that, would you consider huh? that, did that not go how you guys planned? You said it ramped down. So like, how did your exit go from that? Yeah. So the pandemic happened. Um, we were, so my, my previous startup uh, that we went through YC was a membership platform for bars and nightclubs. So we're on the payment Oof. side for bars and nightclubs. And when the pandemic happened, yeah, we thought it was only going to last a month, but it just continued to lag and, we were just start, we we had just got cash flow positive at the time, made a bunch of hires, started to kick off our seed round. The pandemic happened right in the beginning of that, and uh, we just couldn't weather the storm, to be honest. And a lot of our partners didn't weather the storm as well. So you know, we kind of had to go back to the drawing board. And uh, he spun off and did his own, doing his own thing now. And I started Blackstone. Cool. And what would you say uh, you learned from that, other than like don't start a product aimed at bars and nightclubs this pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, perseverance. I mean, really, I think as any entrepreneur, you just can't get discouraged. I think if you're creative and I think you're really, truly built for entrepreneurship, you'll kind of always kind of think of another idea. And even during the pandemic, my co-founder, my old co-founder and I, we even started a, uh, a call bot for unemployment agencies like that, like God gave us money to like weather the storm, you know, yeah. personally to survive. So it was just about just being persevering. Cool. So let's talk about Black Steel. So um, you kind of ramped off of what you were doing before. How did you come up with this idea and give us some more uh, background on this idea? Yeah. So I always have a bunch of ideas. I, mean, I write them out of a notebook. This is an idea that was kind of near and dear to me. So when I, back when I was working in banking, I always saw, um, at least I never worked on the lending side and the commercial side too much, but uh, I would see issues with credit and I always felt, felt like the credit system was kind of outdated and didn't necessarily work for like new generation millennials and Gen Z and come out of college with a lot of debt. Some of us get pretty good jobs. And my personal story was like my first job, I made $13.50 an hour. Uh, I had like a 760 credit score. A credit card company gave me eight grand for a credit limit, which is totally irresponsible because I had a good credit limit, a, a good, credit uh, good credit score. They overlended. Now I come out of college at the time, my credit score had some impact on student loans, but I got a banking job. So I'm making like $100,000 and I can't get credit because my credit score is taking impact. So it's like, I have the cash flow now, but they won't give me credit. Back when I didn't have the cash flow, well, they overlived So I just felt like the credit system was just a little outdated, wasn't dynamic, provided a little too much confidence. It just wasn't being real with people's needs on today. Yeah, you always hear the story similarly. It was like people like, 
like, oh, like you've never had credit before, so we can't give you much credit because you've never exactly. proven a history of paying back credit. And you're like, but I didn't need it. Now I want a loan for this other thing. And you tell me I can't get this loan. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so it's always it's always kind of back been kind of backwards that way. So that's that's a that's a fascinating concept. And so you had this idea, you wrote it down, you said it was near and dear to your heart, but how did you go about saying, okay, this is worth me putting my time because your time has a lot of value. You know, you've mm -hmm. at least like you worked in the banking industry, you know, you can get a really good job. What makes you say, this is where I'm going to spend my time. Yeah. So I think there's two methods. So one, I'm, I'm really deep in entrepreneurship because I've done the whole corporate thing. And like, I just feel like it's risky to stay in corporate America as opposed to just taking a bet on yourself in the beginning. Yep. The other thing is uh, I just went through a process. So uh, I have this motto of start before you're ready. And so I wasn't necessarily ready to start this, but I just had to start it. So like I went through stages and steps. The first step was just socializing the idea, right? Talking to people to see if it's something they want. And also just tapping into some investors and just like brainstorming with them and also reaching out to some other fintech founders, kind of just learn the space, see who they're working with. And then so I kind of went through that step, talked to investors. They're like, oh, this is a pretty good idea. Okay, what do I need to do in order to get this thing off the ground? They kind of gave me some steps to do. Talked to other fintech founders, got some insights about the industry. So you understood what type of partners they were, what the business models were, what the costs would be, right? Put that together. And then just really created a simple website to test the idea, right? So created a website, looked at some uh, referral campaign companies, saw what you guys are doing, implemented, implemented you guys, and started kind of socializing the idea and getting the demand. If you don't mind me saying so, so it says right now you've uh, collected almost 10,000 leads so far uh, yep. for this campaign, which is ongoing. How long have you been running the campaign in earnest? I really started kicking up the campaign in the June, so about six weeks. So about six weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and looking at uh, looking at the campaign, uh, what I like about it, and I'll share with uh, some people, your conversion rate is well above average. So you're seeing like a 45%-ish conversion rate of people coming to the website, and that's a really mm -hmm. outstanding conversion rate. Mm -hmm. And you're getting um, almost half, so 42% of the people that are um, that are coming are from people sharing the links that are generated by Kickoff Labs. And so we know that one person is referring the other. And both of those things tell me, tell me two things. I mean, it's really great idea validation because like what you're saying on the website is working for people. Like they're coming to the website and they're converting. And not just that, they're really into it. They're saying like, okay, I'm gonna tell, um, I'm gonna tell some friends um, about this as well. And people don't generally do that unless mm -hmm. they're also really into the, the product. Tell me about what you're doing to encourage people to to refer their friends. Like, tell me about the referral campaign you set up. Yeah, so I kind of set up a, I, I actually played around with a few different things. But the first thing was I had to, one, understand what my LTV is, my lifetime value of the customers, understand like what I could potentially afford to give away. So like, I, I realized that in the beginning, I can create some demand by giving away incentive. Incentives would be, I have three incentives right now. Um, the first incentive is just like a $30 credit to your card if you were mm -hmm. to, for you and whoever signed, whoever you get to sign up. So that really kind of kicked up. I think my referral rate was like maybe like 10% at the time. And it mm -hmm. got to like the amazing number it was when I added that $30 credit thing. I can afford it. My business can afford it. So it made sense. The second thing is I'm moving up the wait list. So because of the nature of the business, I'll be able to I have to issue cards and batches. Uh, yeah. And so there's a lot of people who won't get them until later on. So, you know, you know, the more you refer, the, the more points that you get, the higher you will move up on the list. 
And then the last thing is just off offering a really premium metal card. So I have like a very premium, really heavy metal card that I can issue out an offer if somebody was a, a refer more than 10 people. And, you know, I've had a, I have a lot of people that have referred more than 10 people just to get that yep. card. So, yeah. Those are pretty straightforward uh, rewards. And so we, I kind of skipped the part where you're getting people to the website initially. Oh, yeah. So you, you've, had a, you've done a great job getting referrals and we kind of talked mm-hmm. about the, the motivation for that. How have you been marketing the product um, outside of outside of Kickoff Labs? Because every great campaign, you always have to seed it with traffic. I always say Kickoff Labs mm-hmm. is great for, you know, if you spend a thousand dollars worth of effort in marketing, we want to make that worth like a thousand three hundred dollars, and so it makes mm-hmm. it, you know, it amplifies what you're doing, but it's never just only what you do. And yeah. so, uh, you know, yeah. what are you doing for that first thousand dollars of uh, of effort uh, in marketing that really is driving the campaign? Yeah, so there's uh, really only Instagram. I haven't really done the best job with any type of PR yet. I haven't even kicked up PR. Um, so it's kind of amazing that we got the traction we've done with just Instagram. But I run a few Instagram ads. It's been like 10 bucks a day. So not an ama- not a crazy amount of money. Um, I also started uh, using our, we created an Instagram page. And so we started to start putting out pretty engaging content. And then also just like, you know, following the right people, engaging the right people, messaging the right people on Instagram. So yeah, that's kind of really hundred percent Instagram right now. So I, I need to kick up a PR situation. I just haven't had the uh-huh. time to put time and effort into PR. Yeah. I think um, some people have just really a lot of success initially engaging PR. Like once you hit that line uh, and you know, fairly soon you'll hit that line of 10,000 people. Once you've got mm-hmm. that 10,000 number, then it'll be, you'll be able to say, pitch the story and be like, Hey, I got 10,000 people with hardly any effort on Instagram. And that's a great PR story. People love to hear and report on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's dig into the Instagram thing a little bit. So you said you're spending about $10 a day on advertising. Do you know roughly how many people a day are coming from those ads? Yeah, so we're getting about um, maybe like two to 300 people a day coming from those ads. Our reach is like a couple of thousand. So yeah, we're doing just story and in-feed ads. And how, do you, how did you go about targeting the people in the Instagram ads? Well, so because we're in the credit space, we really we're kind of limited as far as how targeted we could be because we're a financial product. So they want to avoid any type of scams and risks like mm-hmm. that. So you unfortunately we're like at a disadvantage about, about being really specific when it comes to targeting. They kind of just have like a very, very generic financial product target. So they have a really generic like people are interested in financial products. It's like 18 to 65, and that's about it. That's like all I can do. You can't you can't really get specific about like location, about like, oh, these people also like an American Express or like things oh. like that. You can't do anything nah. like that. Facebook doesn't like let you do that. Interesting. It's the one strength of Facebook, and you can't even use it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So then um, that's a that's a great number a day, uh, a great return on the ten dollars a day, uh, despite the lack of um, premium targeting. You also mentioned something that I hear a lot, which is reaching out to specific influencers and other people on Instagram. Can you tell me about that personal engagement that you guys are doing on Instagram? Yeah, so I haven't really, so I will say that I haven't reached out to any influencers just yet. What I've done is I've been able to follow similar like accounts, accounts based upon credit, financial wealth management, right? (laughs) And just like really kind of, not necessarily spam it, but like see who's liking their content and then like have direct contact with that person. Right. So I will message that person or follow that person or like some of their, you know, content on their page just to get eyeballs. Like, really, I just need eyeballs on my page. If I can get eyeballs on my page in, in any way, whether it's like direct messaging them, yeah, liking their photos or following them, seeing who's liking similar contact. 
that usually converts pretty well too. So you will go online and find somebody who's not really influencer per se and find somebody and just start like you'll like some of their content. You might reach out to them if they like mm-hmm. you back, uh, your sort of mm-hmm. piece of your content back. And you're just starting to have those conversations. Yes. Yes. With those really people. kind of one of the things that like early startup devices do things that don't scale. Yep. Right. So like I'm doing a lot of unscalable things right now in the beginning, just to kind of understand what the feedback is my product because like I like to another thing that I do is I call 10 to 20 people every day that sign up for our sign up for our product. So I try to reach out to them and have conversations with them. So I'm doing really kind of unfillable things just kind of learn. And I've I've, I've realized that too that encourages them to share my product more. Absolutely. So I want to talk about two of those things. I want to go back to the, uh, like you start a conversation with somebody on Instagram. People ask like, well, what do I say? If I reach out to somebody like online, like, you know, are you, you don't want to be spammy. So you don't want to reach out and be like, Hey, come on to our website and, and, you know, sign up. So like, like, do you ask them a question? Like, tell me how that conversation typically goes. Yeah. I might just say like, Hey, I saw that you like, you know, this credit karma page or the comment about uh, you know, credit or frustrations with credit, you know, we have a product that we developed just, you know, if you could take a look at it, see if it might fit your needs, that'd be awesome. Right. Something like that. Right. Or yeah, I could ask them a question like, Hey, you know, are, are you having trouble with a credit card? We might have something that can help you. Yep. And now the next stage is sort of that follow-up where you say you're calling 10 to 20 people a day that sign up. So these are people that have given their email address um, and you at the next stage ask for a phone number. And so how do those conversations go? Is it about you learning uh, about their needs for the product or is it about you convincing them to share with other people? I mean, obviously they both kind of are related. Yeah, so I do less convincing to share with other people. I believe if you have a good product and you tell a good story, like you really need, it'll be remarkable, which means they'll make a remark about it. I really just ask them questions about the product, like what their needs are, how they feel about it. Is there anything that they don't understand, right? Is there any clarity that we're not giving so we can make sure that we're pretty clear as far as what we need to display? What parts about what we're offering stand out to them? Like what's the thing that trying to drew them in? So we know what to kind of double down on that. So yeah, I think those are, there's really kind of just more insights for us. Like we need unique insights about our customer. Also too, like kind of, you know, where their income, like kind of a good understand financial profile of them and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, see who they are, who they are. So would you say the people that are signing up, do they match the, the the idea of the profile you had when you started doing this? Or are you off, like, are you off? So are you getting valuable signups from the, from the effort? Yeah, yeah. So I had an initial assumption, which would be like a lot of like Gen Z millennial people who just got good jobs might have been coming from like, you know, minimum wage or a low paying job to a higher paying job and they're trying to get their financial stuff together. Mm-hmm. But I think I was a little bit more shocked by the higher income. There's a lot of high net worth people or like higher net worth who have a lot of savings and when I have the, uh, the income and those are typically like your entrepreneurs or your creatives where they make a lot of money in batches but it's not pretty consistent they're kind of outside of the traditional credit model where they have heavy savings a lot of money in the account or heavy assets but don't necessarily have the income yeah interesting so you'd say like you're getting a lot of qualified leads signing up for the for sure. signing up for the for sure. We, one thing that our, our signup flow is a little more intensive because we're not just mm-hmm. asking for email, but we're asking people to pre-qualify. So we're asking for their name, phone number, their estimated bank account balance, their estimated income. We're kind of doing all that stuff in, as, a, as a full signup. So so I went through and uh, and signed up, but I didn't take that second step. What do you do with uh, with me on the, on the email list? So like if I signed up, but I didn't take that second step of like filling out the full application, do you have like a yeah. follow-up flow that goes through to convince people to take the second step of filling out the application? 
Not yet. So that's something that we're actually, we actually just implemented that. I saw that we were having a lot of drop-off in the form. We we're having some drop-off, not a lot of drop-off. We had some mm-hmm. drop-off where people put their email addresses and kind of dropped off. So right now I just kind of bucketize of those and then you'll, you'll get put into like whenever we do a uh, reach out email. So like I, like every couple of weeks I try to like engage with everybody. So we'll add them to that. Cool. So you do have a plan. You are going to try and follow up with those people to get more, um, For sure. more follow on uh, applications filled out. Cause I, I mean, it is, you're right. Cause you need more information than my email address. If you're launching uh, any sort of like card or credit product or financial mm-hmm. product. So mm-hmm. cool. What advice would you give somebody who's thinking about starting up in the financial space like you're doing? Like what's mm-hmm. something that, uh, that would be advice specific for them? I think the process that I went through was pretty good. So I think like a lot of people think they need a lot of money or whatever to get started. And it's like, you can start floating your idea pretty easily, put a website up, put something up and just start socializing what you want to understand what the demand is. And you will either get validation from customers and or investors or other people that might invest in the product. I've had investors reach out to me just from seeing an ad or word of mouth. So I think just socialize the idea. Yeah, validate it. Make sure it's real. What's been the hardest part for you about this campaign so far? Campaign? I think the campaign isn't necessarily the, what's pretty, I think the campaign, I think all the marketing campaign efforts is pretty easy. I think the, for me, I'm not like a super, super extroverted person. So it's like just consistency of staying engaged with people, yeah. keeping people engaged along the way, right? And because our business is very capital intensive and it takes a while for us to raise the capital, like you have to keep people encouraged while they're waiting, right? And mm-hmm. so it might take, you know, it could take, another six months for us to launch. And during that period, we want to, we want to keep, make sure people are still excited about it and still referring it and, and keeping them engaged on this wait list. And they don't get frustrated. They're like, yo, where's my card at? Yeah. Like, we're a startup and we're getting things on. So. Yeah. And you also, I mean, that's just a generally a best practice too, is like the worst thing people do is like they set up the wait list, they get 10,000 people and then they don't contact them at all for six months. And then six months later, honestly, like like I forget about, I mean, I do sign up for a lot of wait lists <laughs> given yeah, what I do, yeah, yeah. but like six months later, you're like, what was this random email about this launch <laughs> thing? Like, what did I sign yeah. up for? But like, if you're engaging them along the way, you might have some people drop off, but the people who are really interested are going to be like, yeah, this is what I've been waiting for. Like I can finally get in. What's the best part of kickoff labs for you? I think there's two things that really stood out. One was just like the, how able I, I was able to customize and implement it to my existing flow. Like a really key component is I wanted it to fit with our pre, we have a, uh, a pre-approval process that we want to do, which is pretty yep. integral as far as the type of information we want to collect. So mm-hmm. being able to kind of put you guys on the very back end and customize exactly how we want it to look and feel mm-hmm. um, was really big. And then also too, the way you guys do pricing is just much better. I, I don't understand how a lot of these other competitors, I mean, they shouldn't even exist the way they do pricing a lot of times you're doing referral campaigns because you're starting out and like the last thing you want to do, you want to, I, I have no problem paying per use. Like, you know, somebody signs up, I'll pay, but I'm not going to pay a, a ridiculous monthly subscription for the same people. I don't know. It was just, yeah. The pricing was just honestly didn't make sense for a business. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the back end so, integrations and then the, the paper usage model that we, we lean sure. mostly towards. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What's the next stage for you guys? You mentioned earlier, like getting into PR, you mentioned like continuing, like raising capital. Like what is, what is Mm -hmm. next for the next stage for your business? Yeah. So there's actually, there's two fronts. There's actually a couple of things that we have uh, towards the end of the year. So we're closing out our pre-seed round next month, Mm -hmm. fundraising, PR, 
Um, I'm bringing on a few more people to the team. So I have some strategic hires that I need to bring on. Uh, some of my investors have kind of signaled that in order for us to raise our next round of capital to get towards the launch, we should bring on some strategic hires. So like, yeah, that's really strategic hires, fundraising, um, and more PR marketing. I want to 10x this number that we have in uh, <laughs> Kickoff Labs. So yeah, that's uh, it's uh, ironically, I think for some people, it's easier to get from 10,000 to 100,000 than from zero to 10,000. For yeah. sure. Because <laughs> once you've got that seed, you can do a lot more to use leverage those people uh, along mm -hmm. the way. And so I think uh, I, I've, I have no, uh, <laughs> I, I think you're doing to get there for sure. So a couple of random questions I like to follow up at the end. So who's somebody that's inspirational for you uh, in, in your life or your career? Hmm. Inspiration. Um, I find inspiration in a lot of different places. I could be generic and say my mom, right? Like mm -hmm. my mom is always, she's, she's, she works way harder than I do. I get my hustle from my mom. Mom's always been an entrepreneur in real estate games. She's always been killing it. So yeah. um, that's a big inspiration. But then also just like my friends, I have a really solid group of friends who are all entrepreneur and, and hustling. So like when I see them win, it makes me want to win even further. So I think like you want to surround yourself with the right people that are just as motivated as you to, you know, yeah. achieve things and make impact in the world. So, yeah. yeah. Especially in this last, uh, in this last year where everybody has been, uh, over a year now, or people have been working from home. Like mm -hmm. how do you get into like a zone of like working when you're surrounded by everything in, in your home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm very routine. I have a very, very structured routine day. And so I try to stay in my routine. If, as long as I get in my routine, I don't have to think about it as much, right? Growth is a make, so uh, I have a saying that I learned with about growth is about making things easy. So yeah. I really just try to make things as easy as possible where I don't have to think about it, I can just do. The other thing is when I get, I, I take time off, I take time away. Right? I think as entrepreneurs, you get so used to just hustling, hustling, hustling. Yeah. There's a great talk in YC that the people who are winning are getting eight hours of sleep, they're working out, they're taking time off with their family. Like, you know, they're yep. enjoying their friends. They're going on trips. Like, they're doing those things. They're also working 50, 60 hours a week, but they're making sure they're taking time for themselves. So I take a lot of time for myself to reflect. I take weekends off. I make sure I spend time and talk to friends. I, I go to the gym every day, and I eat pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing about being an entrepreneur that, that, that nobody tells you is, like, it's like you don't have to work a 40-hour week, but you have to work put in the work. Yeah, like you can yeah. choose to do it on Saturdays, which is great because you could be a completely flexible schedule and be like, you know what, I'm going to take Tuesdays off. I'll work on mm -hmm. Saturdays. That can work mm -hmm. for you, but you do have to still put in the work as long as yeah, you're, for sure. but, but it's important, but you get that flexibility to be like, you know what, I am going to sleep eight hours a day. I am going to make mm -hmm. sure I take this time. It just might be different time than other people take mm -hmm. uh, for the sure. Anything else uh, that uh, you'd like people to know? I would just say, don't give up this. I mean, entrepreneurship is about perseverance. The people who do well in uh, starting anything are the ones that just continue to keep at it. It might take five years, it might take 10 years, but anybody who quits is a failure. <laughs> like it's, you're kind of planning for your own failure. So um, I just say, just keep going. I've weathered a lot of storms. I've had companies run out of money several times and, you know, we just kept going and, you know, always got to win, not giving up. Yep. Yeah. Perseverance is uh, perseverance is definitely a strength.
So the website is useblacksteel.com. Uh, for anybody that's interested in the product, wants to sign up, who hears this, and we'll link to that uh, when we set up the mail and in the show notes. And we'll have some images of the, the sign-up flow that you guys have uh, so that people can see how you're getting, uh, what, what the kind of workflow is that you're sending people through. The uh, last thing is if somebody wants to get in touch with you and ask you a question, how can somebody get in touch with you? What's the best way? Yeah, there's a couple of ways. You can go to the at use black steel Instagram. You can always email me at brandon at useblacksteel.com and I, I'll get back to you pretty quickly. That's great to hear. Thanks uh, for your time today. <laughs> I look forward to uh, coming back and chatting with you after you've gotten past 100,000 and your next round. Oh, awesome.